When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Side by side with the great Iggy, I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, and welcome in to another interview here on the program. Every Sunday night, we have a new interview for you. And this week, it is our pleasure to bring in Chris Kerber and his new broadcast partner, Joey Vitale. Uh, talking it over with them, not only about how Joey got the job, the whole process of replacing Kelly Chase, his broadcast style, uh, his love for the game growing up here in St. Louis, uh, his time in the league, and also, of course, the 2018-2019 St. Louis Blues. I think one of the most popular episodes we've done so far uh, was when Chris Kerber came in back in, I think it was, I think it was late 2017. It might have been early 2018. But either way, he is the first person to make a return to the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. People loved it, and we're happy to bring him and his new broadcast partner in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly, you know him from Ryan Kelly and the HomeLoanExpert.com. If you're in the market to buy a home, go to the HomeLoanExpert.com and make sure you're doing business with our studio sponsors here on the Tim McKernan Show. If you're in the market to refinance, it's the HomeLoanExpert.com. Go to the website, and you'll see right there the two tabs. And you can be guided into how you can save money with Ryan Kelly and his incredible staff at thehomeloanexpert.com. From the very beginning of this show, Ryan Kelly has been on board. And for seven years, he's been the title sponsor of The Morning After. And we advocate doing business with Ryan Kelly. The only way these shows continue to exist are you by supporting the sponsors. And so please, if you're in the market to buy a home or refinance, make sure you're doing business with somebody that I know. Uh, firsthand is a great guy and runs a very good business. And that's Ryan Kelly online at the homeloanexpert.com. Now, Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale are presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He's online at evergreenstl.com. And, you know, before we get into the interview, I want to, I want to make something really clear here. When I'm talking about Mark Hanna, this isn't just like, Hey, here's your copy. Go ahead. And if you could talk about uh, our business, uh, I, I, most of the time on commercials, actually I'm ad libbing cause I'm just thinking of the people, thinking of the business, thinking about what I know about them. And then I give you my thoughts and my thoughts regarding Mark Hanna and evergreen wealth strategies online at evergreenstl.com is this, I would, I would tell you this, you need him. And I think one of the things that's tricky about it is unlike, for example, other things that you just understandably go, okay, I'm going to have to spend money on this. I'm gonna have to spend money on that. And you go, that's just the cost of living. I would tell you that a financial advisor is something that should be viewed as a necessity. And I know that I missed out in my twenties and thirties 
by having somebody put me in a better position. And it took until around age 40 to get it right. Well, Mark Hanna is the person that you need to call. He truly is. His number is 314-889-0503. And it's not a case of going, okay, now you got to fill out a bunch of paperwork. And now you got to dig into all this stuff. He's going to do it for you. He's going to get you organized. And that is why he is known for helping people every day. And he helps everyday people build a strategy to get to their financial goals. He helps you build a strategy to put your kids through college, to keep you from having to work until you're 95 years old, to not get blasted on taxes and make sure your family is taken care of in case the unthinkable happens. His name is Mark Hanna. Give him a call at 314-889-0503 or check him out online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, our presenting sponsor for our guest this week, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Kerber, and Joey Vitale. Gentlemen, welcome into the podcast studios. Chris, you are the first return guest of the podcast. That's an honor that will always be there for trivia nights from from here to four. If you're going to be the answer to a trivia question, that's got to be the one that's I the think one you choose. That's the, that's the one. That Actually, you've done a heck of a job. People have talked about the, the podcast that I did with you for quite a long time, and, and I think you built something special, so congratulations. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. While, while you were do, telling your story, I'm like, oh, my God, people are going to love this story. Because I didn't know the story. Your, your rise from, you know, the random spots along the way and your Mark Sauer interaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that stands out, I think, yeah. most. But uh, Yeah, you should quit and go get a real job. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, and speaking of which, sitting next to you here on, on your left, for those of you watching and, of course, those of you listening, is your new broadcast partner, Joey Vitale. Joey, uh, good morning and welcome to the program. Tim, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. It's, it's great to have you in here. And just a year ago, you, unlike any of us in here, were working a real job. Yeah, I was uh, sitting home changing diapers and dropping kids off at school, packing lunches and trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Is that really where you were? Were you really even fresh off the NHL and you're kind of like, I'm 30, what, 31 too, I guess? Ballpark? I was 31 and uh, we moved back to St. Louis and trying to get my roots back. I have a big family from here. And yeah, we were just trying to put it all together and piece it together. And like anyone will tell you when the, when the sport's done and all the struggles that go along with that. So we dealt with that. And uh, But it was it was an exciting year. It was a good chance for me to spend some time with my kids. Well, I am... Uh... I'm truly fascinated on on how this all came to pass because uh, I think when when Chaser uh, announced that he wasn't going to be part of the broadcast team, people are trying to go, oh, I wonder who it'll be. Almost like Bovada was setting up odds. Who will it be? <laughs> and if there were odds, I don't even know if you would have been on the board, you know? But I've heard a story, and you guys can confirm or deny, that, uh, Curbs, you went to lunch, I believe, with, with Joey. Right. And came back and you go, you know what? I know this might be outside the box, but I think this might be the guy. Is that an accurate story? And if so, why was it? Yeah, it's pretty close. Actually, what happened was, you know, when when Chaser decided that uh, there were some other opportunities for him, that ended an 18-year run. And and even if you go back prior to him and you're looking at the three years that Bernie Federico was doing the radio and then the guys before that, I, I don't know that this job truly quote-unquote, opened up. And uh, there there were some guys, obviously, that, that that wanted it badly that, you know, had done some of the fill-in work and things, and it just felt like the right process to dig a little deeper. Uh, it's not a comment on anybody that applied for it, anybody that wanted it. I think it was more, as you know with me, just kind of the respect of the booth and the position. And honestly, I, I, I called up, St. Louis has 
developed such a terrific hockey base of players that not all have gone to the NHL, but a ton have gone to college. Some have gone the junior route. And I wanted to make sure we didn't leave anybody out. Is there somebody more? Is there a personality that, you know, just wasn't obvious sitting in front of you? So honestly, I call up the one guy that seems to know that kind of that that part of St. Louis hockey really well, which was Andy Strickland. And I called him up, said, man, is there anybody around, you know, that I'm missing? Is there someone that didn't have to play even pro hockey, that, that played college hockey, but you've known him? And you go, man, this guy's got actually got a pretty good personality. And Andy said, well, you know what, uh, I've done a couple interviews with Joey Vitale before. And I had, he won't remember it because it was in, you know, in a media scrum setting when they come to town. But that's the only time I'd even really somewhat close to, to meet Joey and didn't know him very well. And I said, all right, that's, that's interesting. Well, pass my number and stuff on to him. And if he's interested, call me that I'm not going to chase somebody. Right. So if they're interested, call me. And, uh, he did, uh, we went to lunch. We had about two hour lunch down at the Broadway oyster bar. And, um, just, it was, I was really impressed with, with just how put together everything was and just the conversations we had. And frankly, more impressed with the kinds of questions that he had asked about the job, and that led into the process. And then then the process was pretty much the same as it was for the rest. If they didn't have a tape, we did a mock period. And then I sent uh, I sent samples of five different people to 12 different people. Hmm. And all 12 had Joey in the final three. Really? And I based off that one period. And then the interview process happened. There was interviews, obviously, not just with me, but with you know, team management and, and including Tom Stillman. And uh, and it came down to just making a choice. And at that point, I think it was pretty easy. Wow. Now, you actually have, at least in some capacity, a broadcasting background. Went to Northeastern. And I picture when guys go to school and they're playing a sport, they kind of, you know, get a, some kind of jackass major. Now, journalism, of course, would potentially fall under the category of as somebody who majored in, in journalism at the University of Missouri. But this was something that you, at least in some capacity at a young age, were considering you were majoring in, in journalism at Northeastern University. What were you visualizing when you made that choice, you know, 15 years ago? Yeah, well, when I started, you know, they, they have a general studies program that every freshman athlete jumps in and, you know, they you know, they take general studies courses, you know, classes from the full range of what the university had to offer. And then after my sophomore year, I, my grades started slipping a little bit and I had a meeting with my coach and Greg Cronin, who's now the uh, American League coach in, in Colorado at the time. And he he said to me, Joe, I just, I need you to stay eligible. I need you to stay eligible. You got to find something <laughs> that you're kind of interested in. And I was like, you know what? Well, I love to write. I love to read. I love talking about sports. And my uh, counselor came up to me and said, well, how about journalism? I said, if this keeps me eligible, let's go for it. <laughs> okay, and so, all right, now we got the real that's reason. That's how I, like I got this. started. I had to be honest there. But the more I dove into it. And how close How close to not being eligible were you? I was a couple, oh, like a point two close. away. <laughs> this is my first CBC yeah. shot of the interview. I know, that's right. <laughs> the old CBC education yeah, that's did, right. did wonders coming. for me. That's um, right. <laughs> but so, uh, you know, I started the classes, but you know, the truth is the more I dove into it, the more excited I got about it. Uh, Boston is just such a sports town and, yeah. and, and, and just a town for journalism in general. Uh, one of my professors was, um, 
one of the journalists who broke that whole uh, pre-scandal. And so just there's a lot oh, of... really? Like, yeah, that the, really, that the movie was... The uh, spotlight movie, yeah. yeah the, the, he was on. the main character. Wow. So he's my professor. Really? So that's, that's kind of cool. like, you know, the people that were teaching me. So this was just like really, you know, engaging stuff that I was super excited about. So my grades kind of took off and, and I kind of jumped right in and uh, left uh, college and went to Pittsburgh and, and Borky up there, he has a radio show and... He said, "Hey Joe V, you wanna you wanna jump in and do a show with me twice a week at the casino? There's free beer. I'll pay you hundred bucks." <laughs> I was like, "You don't even pay me anything. Just you know, give me some beer. And we'll have a good time." And so me and Tanner Glass, we did a show there, and I just remember how much fun it was. And I love talking about the game and and love talking about personalities and and just you know bringing light to the the actual player as a human being and stuff. So uh, that was the extent of it. And then uh, kept playing, and about five six years go by, and then that's when I got a call from Andy Strickland uh, to. Um, Go back around to uh, Chris's point there. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, though, is through the interview process, he doesn't mention having done a radio show. He's interviewing for a radio job <laughs> and doesn't bring up the fact that he had done, even twice a week, a radio show with, with Phil Bork. So when I was calling around and getting some background information, I called up Phil Bork. Um, and, you know, just cause called him. I called Tyson Nash, called some broadcasters that are with the teams that he had played for. And Phil... And we're, we're 10 minutes into a conversation with Phil, and he goes, you know what? He actually did a radio show with him. Like, okay, first thing I'm thinking is, what kind of radio show is this that the guy applying for the job didn't want to bring up? And then it took you 10 minutes to throw it out there that, you know, he had done this. But, no, apparently it was just a normal radio show that they both wanted to forget about. I, I had to keep my expectations very low heading into this job opportunity. You know what I mean? Well, I would imagine one of the most important things in any booth, and I think you and Chase had it, which is one of the reasons why I loved listening to that broadcast, is chemistry. Right. How did you guys, I mean, I, I realize the regular season game hasn't been called yet, but how do you try to bring chemistry to the table? Because I've always felt like chemistry, it's either there or it's not. I don't know if you can create it, but you call games. You've been doing it now for a long time. What yeah. do you think? Well, you're absolutely I think you can create it a little bit. Uh, it, it gets created by an understanding of both people, you know, how the other guy works and, and what makes them tick. Um, for In this case, it was just not even a concern of mine. I, I just... The, the questions that Joey asked it kind of through the interview process, you could see the work ethic was there. You know, you talk to people on the background check part and, and, and it, it's what just made this not just important to me as a partner to, to have on the air, but I think something that the St. Louis Blues organization uh, could, could really use and, and grow with. And uh, that chemistry, I, I think it's just there. I mean, the, part of that is, I'm very comfortable with who I am and where I am. Uh, and I don't want anybody on the air with me to be anybody but themselves. Don't need them to be anybody. You know, while, while Joey's done an amazing job talking to other people in the business about the job, he can't be Joe Micheletti. He can't be Tim McCarver. He can't be Darren Pang. He can't be Bernie Federko. You know, he, he's got to be Joey Vitale. And, uh, and if you let that happen... And you did your homework prior to hiring somebody, you're probably going to find it. Now, there might always be surprises, different things that, that pop up that, that we'll learn over time how each other functions and works. But, you know, I mean, it's already been there. We, we did a radio show, our post game show the other night, and I realized that uh, he needs a heck of an education because he had no idea who the Sweat Hogs were from Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> 
you know. Uh, <laughs> should have been in the interview. Had, I, I know. I, I forgot to ask my very. Actually, you know what? I did bring up Mel Brooks in the interview process, didn't I? You did. You I did. did. Yeah. So actually, so I didn't quite go to the TV side with Gabe Kaplan, but I, I did at least throw out there. Do you, are you aware of Mel Brooks? And I was encouraged that while he, you know, couldn't quote history of the world, you know, or wasn't overly familiar with the bean scene from Blazing Saddles. That, uh, you know, that at least his, I think he said his father-in-law made him watch some Monty Python. Yeah. And if, and, and I figured if his father-in-law can get him to watch some Monty mm -hmm. Python, we got some hope. You can, you can train him. We can, very... we can at least, at least we'll get some level of understanding to make it work. <laughs> and in my defense, though, too, I mean, and, and maybe this is some of the chemistry. Uh, there's like this uh, old man and young son syndrome here we're going on. Now, but... what, what is the age? You're 33. I, I, what, 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 I mean, what, what that old, though. That's, I know. Dude, I, I just I, remember TV shows from being a like kid. 40... I'm 47. Oh, 47. I would have gone under. Yeah. Okay. I'm 47. Yeah. There you right. go. Well, yeah, anyway. So, I mean, that's 14. Years. I know, but I'm just saying that you know he'll say things in in Alex Ferrario. He'll, he said the same the other night. We're, we're doing the post game show, and and he said something, and everyone was about the, the Welcome Back Cotter or some show with uh John I was, Travolta. I was raising my hand in the air because we're coming out of break, and it just reminds you know the old Arnold Horshack oh oh thing, and so I threw out Arnold Horshack, and you should have seen the three of them: Amy, Mark, scores Alex Ferrario, Joey looked at me like. What? <laughs> and but it just I, stopped the show dead. But I was just so happy so because someone else knew what I was finally going through. Like on the broadcast, he'll say something. I'm just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, Pure references. <laughs> look, and this is where I have to do a little more work. I'm, I'm going to have to find out, you know, what he watched, things he likes, things like that, so I can bone up on it. But there's just no way in hell I'm going to go through. I'm not watching reruns of Saved by the Bell or whatever. Oh, great show. You know, jump that show. was. That's great show. show. <laughs> that, I mean, outside of knowing that Screech, you know, got arrested and all yeah. that other stuff, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and but I, that's that one part's just kind of. But I, I did give yeah. you a lesson on flossing the other day. We talked about that new dance. He's like, no, uh, Joe, what is this? Yeah, what is this true. dance? So I, I didn't know what it was called. Can, can you I actually do that? I can, yeah, but can I'm not doing it. You can. It. No, no I'm not doing it. Right no, no, maybe later. Oh my god, really? You can do that? My point is, you're getting off the subject here. I noticed that. Then I'm helping him with the the younger generation stuff, and he's. Aiding me along and literally aiding me along in some of the older. But we're gonna we're gonna bridge that gap yeah, soon. We'll, we'll, I gotta I gotta get caught up on my Mel Brooks and he's gonna get caught up on his uh, flossing. I guess AC Slater uh, TV shows. Well, okay, outside of Saved by the Bell, what, what else would it have been then? Oh, yeah, I'm legitimately curious. I mean, Full House. It was huge. One Tree Hill was huge back in the day. Um, I mean, never, I know Full House, but I've seen Full House. Yeah. I'm just a I'm that a food show junkie. Like, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Like I can watch that religiously. Um, Modern Family, heard of that? Okay, yeah. Well, okay. That's, but that's no, but that's more one of the normal ones. Yeah, that's not like kind of one that that you kind of grew Family up. Family Matters. Family Matters. Yeah. That was a good show. <laughs> so so we can connect over Urkel. Yeah, yeah. you guys can bond. Urkel, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, okay, good. Well, we've got, we, we have found our connecting nerd. <laughs> and a, sl no. a slow game against the Florida Panthers That's in right, uh, March. I'll look forward to the Urkel. Yeah, did I do that? <laughs> oh, man. Well, he was bringing up you know, Bill Cosby the day about, what do you think about this? I'm like, like Curbs, I don't care. I don't, right, I don't know. Right, you guys get into the Cosby situation yeah, on the broadcast? Asked, so I was tuning <laughs> for that, too. Uh, Bill Cosby is one of my all-time favorite comedians. Okay, I, lo I love the humor. I, I listen to album, a lot of the albums. Actually, have, have some of those routines almost memorized. I listen to them so much, right? I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. Well, it's out there now. <laughs> well, well, no, I know, but, but, but no, no, I know. And, and he, but you know, with, with with today's world and obviously what he was convicted for and now sentenced for, does that mean that 
the stuff that he did before you knew all that, you you can laugh at it. Like, it's can you laugh awkward at his Noah spot. routine? It's a legitimately awkward right. spot. Like Louis C.K. returned to the stage like about a month ago in New York City. And right. there were a bunch of people welcoming back and cheering, but then there were a couple of people who were really upset that people were cheering for him. So you're mm -hmm. in this awkward spot. Mm -hmm. I think people understand where you're coming from. It's not right. like you're like, man, I'd love to hear some new stuff from Cosby. You're like, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. Well, I can't wait for the prison album. You know, Cosby behind bars. You know, I, I, yeah, that one. Like, well, what the hell? Johnny Cash did a couple of yeah, them. So, yeah, you know, some well, I mean, he, well. he did it more for awareness. Yeah, but, the guest. But you know who Johnny Cash is, right? I do, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Have you seen the film with him and Reese Witherspoon? Yes. yes. Great, great film. Great movie. Joaquin Phoenix or yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, absolutely. Yeah. It was a big CBC moment there. She was so yeah. nervous to do that. Almost didn't do it because of her nerves about trying to sing. Wow. But she was Reese great. She, she was fantastic. She was really good. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Yes. Reese Witherspoon. Terrific. All right, you're on board. Terrific. Reese Witherspoon's kind of in the Look, middle of you guys. I think she's you're right. You're like a counselor. You're bridging a gap here. <laughs> I know. Here. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to I'm play Reese role. Witherspoon. Cruel intentions. Time. That's though. what you that's, are. That's that's my era. I'm, I'm familiar with that as well. Yeah. That's uh, with uh, Selma Blair. Am I correct? Selma Blair. Nice. And then uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Was I don't think Freddie was Freddie. Oh no, Prince it was Jr.? his wife. His wife was in Sarah Michelle, Sarah Sarah Michelle, Michelle Geller. Geller. That's what I was. Oh, and then it was. Are you aware of all of this right now? Uh, some, I know who all the people are, <laughs> but yeah. I did not see that movie. You did okay. not see that. No. Maybe that could be on a, How about, the first I'm road watch trip. Mighty Python, first road trip. I'm going to give you Cruel <laughs> yeah. Intentions. Chris, and we're going to the room. We're going to watch Cruel Intentions. I ended that postgame show Friday night with one line, and that was, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Okay, from from just the all time great episode of WKRP, and I finally said, I'm not talking to any of the rest of you until you watch that episode on YouTube somewhere. Uh, I got two minutes in when I got home that night, and I had to shut it off. I fell asleep. Yeah, it was that. It was that boring it was for so you. Bad. Lonnie There's Anderson no didn't. didn't There's sound no way. Bad. Lonnie Anderson was enough the, reason to keep watching it. Yeah, the woman of the '70s. Oh, her oh, and Fawcett was a whole thing. Uh, all right, Joey, I got to ask about this. I got to ask about your what your perceived broadcast styles. What do you think you're going to be? Because you're actually playing against a lot of these guys yeah. you're going to be calling. Is that a weird spot for you? You know, it's not weird. I think it's actually, um, I hope to enlighten the listener a little bit and give them some insight about why certain players do certain things and uh, why Ryan O'Reilly is so successful in the face-off dot. Because I've gone against him and I know what he's looking for. I know how he engages his body and how he makes adjustments. And so I think, if anything, uh, being so current from the game is, is going to help my style and but to answer your first question, I don't know what my style is just yet. I'm still working through that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and to Chris's point earlier, I'm just trying to be me. For a while there, I was trying to like, you know, do I get a voice coach? Do I, you know, take voice lessons? Do I, you know, what do I got to do? Do I got to increase my vocabulary? Increase. Chris was just like, you know, hey, I just want you to be you. So I'm, you know, the the more I become myself and just get comfortable in myself, I think that. Uh, that uh, that my role and our chemistry will kind of find its yeah, way. Yeah, I agree with. You. I think that's the right play. You don't want to be somebody else. But we're, when you got all this feedback from what twelve different people in broadcasting who put Joey in their top three, what did they like when they when they reviewed all of the candidates and then put him in the top three? Oh, what was I, the thing that they thought yeah. was so good? You know what? It, it, it was the sound. It was uh, there was a freshness to it uh, that 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 helped too. And and I think you could hear even in the one period that we did. I think you could hear kind of that newness off the ice and, and, and why it was important. And, and that's going to wear off, honestly, if, if, if he decides to do it long enough because there's going to be a time where the players you play with, and it, heck, it could only be a couple of years before things really change. But I just think that where 
the popularity of the game, the continued growth of the game, where where it is now, especially in St. Louis, the number of kids you see with Tarasenko jerseys, Fabry jerseys, Schwartz jerseys, you know, Pareko, all, all these guys. Um, I, I just think in the end, that, that current freshness to be able to relate today's locker room, which is very different than it was even 10 years ago, what today's players are going through, someone that who, whose career you know ended because of of an injury and, and dealt with you know the hot button topic of concussions uh you know and, and you just put all that put all that together and it just seemed like a good fit someone that played youth hockey in St. Louis played high school hockey you know all the way through in St. Louis so, someone that that went and played college hockey at Northeastern so part of our obviously our Part of our job is to go on the air and work and describe what we see. But being in the community and mm-hmm. helping with the different initiatives of the team is also a critical part, a major part of what we do. And and I felt that Joey was going to be able to relate and have the right messages for, you know, a sport that, you know, we're going to have with the new Maryland Heights rink. And then shoot, looks like they're getting the ground broken on the one in Chesterfield. Within a couple of years, we're going to have that much more ice again. Uh, there's going to be opportunities to grow. The Blues have started that, you know, that Hockey 2020 initiative to get 20,000 more kids playing hockey over a five-year period. Uh, believe it or not, all this played into uh, not whether or not we could just talk the game, and uh, and and I think others saw that as well. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale here on the Tim McKernan Show. All of our conversations, all of the questions from the audience episodes, and our Pick Six podcasts. Where producer Joe G. Unit and I pick six games for college football in the NFL every week. They're made possible by our sponsors. And James Carlton is one of those sponsors. And James Carlton wasn't just somebody who was a sponsor, he was somebody who I got to know here and say, wow, I'm glad I did because now I see the difference between your average insurance company, your average insurance agent, and what James Carlton is doing in Webster Groves. He's online at carltoninsurance.net. His phone number is 314-961-4800, and James Carlton's customer service is what sets him apart. James Carlton's ability to save you money is what sets him apart, and James Carlton is somebody that we recommend wholeheartedly here on the Tim McKernan Show. 314-961-4800, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net, carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton. State Farm. As somebody who spent so much time on the ice, played in the league, but also youth hockey in St. Louis, mm-hmm. playing at CBC, winning three state championships, how do you view the game in St. Louis now versus, say, when you were coming up? Oh, it's huge. I mean, everyone's playing hockey now, and, you know, with the, the two rinks coming up, I mean, they don't have those rinks yet, and you go to Kirkwood or Afton or Fenton any Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and it is just booked solid. So, I mean, there's a desperate need for ice, and that's just a credit to how many kids just are excited about the sport of hockey. I think the Winter Classic did huge things for the community here as far as kids getting excited about it. But And the Blues going to be good this year. I think you know people are just really amped up about it. Uh, you know, Growing up here earlier, you know, 20 years ago, there, there wasn't a lot of hockey. I mean, Afton had a rink. There was Granite City, maybe Webster, but they were all outdoors. And, and there wasn't really a huge opportunity. And our coaches were plumbers, and my dad was in concrete. I mean, those were – we just needed dads on the bench who would give us kind of even ice time. But – now the game has grown so much, and I think the biggest reason for that is because, you know, Kika Chuck sticks around, Al McGinnis sticks around. A lot of these players who retired here, now they have kids who were born here, grew up here, and now they're coaching. So all these young kids are being coached by these former professionals, and I just think that that is the biggest reason for 
why this game has grown so much and will continue to grow. And with the new sheets coming up, it's mm-hmm. just, I mean, there's really no end. I mean, you're, you could be looking at maybe a potential like city like Chicago, what St. Louis can kind of mimic after with all the youth programs. I mean, there could be three, four AAA teams in here in another 10 years. You know, who knows? Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there's two now. <laughs> and, uh, and this, one of the things that that new ice rink in, in Maryland Heights is going to do too, with the way they've designed it is going to help so much because, and I, and I said this when we did the groundbreaking and I, and I really do believe it. You will now be able to host tournaments, youth hockey tournaments in St. Louis that you were never able to host before. Teams or people are still drive, driving to Minnesota. They're still driving to Chicago. They're still driving, believe it or not, mm-hmm. to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and around for that. Uh, and now you're going to be able to host them here and host them really well because we all know that the event capabilities that this town has. So uh, the, the thing is, is I, I, I think we're just at the beginning of what is really to come. And we're talking 50 years of this franchise being in town, but yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I re- I really feel this. I feel like we're, we're, we're at a new dawn in some way, shape or form. And, and, and all we got to do is find a way to, you know, fan the flames a little bit and really just turn it into a raging fire. Yeah, well, a great run by the team this year would certainly increase no that. And, you know, I, you weren't part of the broadcast team at this point, but there was a, and I, I think it was a Saturday, Curbs, um, where in the morning I felt like Blues fans were beside themselves because I think that was the David Prawn acquisition, nothing against David Prawn, but that's, yeah. that's all that it was. And then by 10 o'clock that night, O'Reilly's part of it, and in 12 hours, it went from despair to great optimism. Well, you had the draft where I thought, I think fans could almost look at the draft now like they look at the trade deadline because I think some general managers are kind of getting tired of being held hostage, and there's that much more value on draft picks because of a salary cap era. So depending on where your team is in the competitive process, those draft picks could have different value. A third-round draft pick for the St. Louis Blues or for a team when you when you th- intend to be competing for a Stanley Cup on a player that may not impact you for five years is, is very different than a team that kind of needs those picks just to fill the yeah. cupboard. So nothing happened could was done at the draft, and it certainly wasn't from a lack of effort. Then they get up, and it's free agency, and it's David Perron. They knew him. Good guy to bring back. Not a sexy signing by any means in that sense. And Tyler Bozak, and, and not someone that a lot of fans were familiar with, has some good second-line upside, slotted, you know, probably third-line for this hockey team with his depth. And, and of course, you know, he was with Toronto during all those struggles. So there's that what's going on with, you know, no real changes. And, you know, and then because of those signings, that made Berglund, that made Sabotka available. And Doug was able to rekindle the trade that he had already tried to get done for O'Reilly, and and it happened, um, you know, which is good. The signing, though, and we talked about this during our last broadcast, that's great. You If you had opened up camp right then and there, you'd have been pretty happy and pretty excited. Pat Maroon turning down probably more money someplace else and signing on a one-year deal to come play here in St. Louis – and, and, and I hope I'm right on this, but that could be an absolutely monster signing. And it's because he brings an element the team hasn't had for a while, a desire and a willing to get in front of the net. And just and, and it's that big body again. It's fitting that he's wearing number seven yeah. after yeah. after Walt wore it, wore it. And, you know, that one then 
that that took those flames that had been lit and really launched it. And so I'm just excited to see how this thing plays out as, as the season begins, if guys stay healthy and how it works, because um, I, I still think there's some tweaking to come, to be honest with you. But uh, I think now that I have, I really do believe that they can compete for a central division title with the team they have. Which is saying something in that in that division. Yep. You of course know, you know, ninety plus percent of the players in the league having played, but Pat Maroon is somebody that you can go back on even further than than your time in the league. What was your opinion of that move, observing it from where you were observing it at the time? But yeah, when that happened, I was, you know, I just immediately thought back to when I first started playing with Pat and that's when we were kids and you know, Pat was always this just Big kid, and, and I mean that you know he had a lot of baby fat on him. He was very tall. I mean, if you look at the rest of his family, kind of a short family. He was kind of like this outcast, big, tall, big kid. He just couldn't skate very well. He had a terrible stride. Uh, he was from Oakville, and everyone in South County just loved roller hockey, ice hockey. Was and again, we're getting back to Rank. what we talked about back in the day. And you know, wasn't hockey wasn't a big hotbed yet in St. Louis, and so he's this roller hockey player and. He'd occasionally step on the ice, and he looked like a goofball. I mean, and Pat Maroon, he's throughout all of his childhood, he was kind of known as, like, the big body. He had great hands. He always had good hands, very gifted because of his roller hockey, you know, history, and but he just couldn't skate. And, he, I mean, you ask anyone from his high school, and they say, hey, you know, 20 years ago, would you ever guess that Pat Maroon's playing the NHL? And mm-hmm. right now for St. Louis Blues, mm-hmm. people would just laugh. I mm-hmm. mean, he was that type of player. And to see him and his growth and pick up from juniors and what he did – uh, in Anaheim, and he got a great opportunity in Anaheim and to play with Perry and Getzlaff and, and then go over with McDavid, and he's played with such great players, and he's really, really come into his own. And I mean, I agree with Chris. I think it was an absolute steal. I mean, what was it 1, 1.75? Yeah, I mean, I, mean yep. I think what we've seen in the preseason, I mean, how he's already helped the power play. He's a guy, like, you know, all the fans watch him this year. You know, he makes his money below the hash marks in the offensive zone. When he has that puck against the wall, I mean, big bodies cannot take him off the puck. He he rolls off well. He sees the ice well. And he's complimented right now very well with Ryan O'Reilly, who sees the ice just as well. And then you put, like, number 91 in the high slot there. I mean, this could be an extremely, extremely dangerous line for the Blues. Yeah, that's exciting. And people were super fired up about it as it was. But then, like you said, you combine it with all the mm-hmm. other moves, and that has people super fired up, observing what you observe, having played, knowing players unlike any of us can can really relate because you're out on the ice with these guys. How does this team, in your opinion, match up? I think the top nine are as good as anyone in the league. I think, you know, we had this discussion last night with Amy and Alex, and, you know, we were talking about depth and are they the best team on paper. I don't know if they're the best team on paper. You know, I think the Winnipeg Jets, you know, for, for you know, rightfully so, have been projected to win, the, win everything this year from all the um, the top people in this in this game. But I think if you look at strictly top nine, I mean, think, I mean, just hypothetically speaking, Let's pretend that Bozak and Steen are on that third line shutdown role, and then you throw a guy like Sammy Blay in there. I mean, I would match that third line up against any third line in the league. And if that could be your shutdown line, look at those top two lines with Schwartz and Shen and, I mean, Cairo and O'Reilly and Tarasenko. I mean, those are the scoring lines. So top nine, I'm like, man, without a doubt, I think we have the firepower. You know, the fourth line, we're not really sure what that means just yet. And, and you know, but, you know, that that can evolve, and, and, and that, that may take time. But, um you know, top nine certainly, I would say, is uh, as deep as any team in this league. I feel like any time I have a discussion with fans in the offseason after moves and there's optimism, but it always goes back to one thing, especially with the Blues. Is, yeah, I just hope that, you know, Jake has it together. And it's always been that goes back the last couple of decades. Ah, I just need a goalie, you know, whatever the case might be. How do you guys 
view that situation, especially with... I, the, I bet you there are people in Winnipeg right now saying, I hope Connor Hellebuck does what he does this year, what he did last year. Yeah, in because May. prior to that, he hadn't done it. You know, I mean, he, 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 he was shaky up there, you know, for a while there. Uh, Jake just is going to have to be more consistent. And, and you know, you, I don't think you need Jake to be the best goalie in the league, but you need him to be just better than average. And if that save percentage is in that 918 to 920 mark and that goals against is around 2.3 or something, 2.4, you should you should be okay. Uh, you know, th- when I say this, this is not taking, uh, I, I, this is not an excuse for Jake at all. Difference last year in the first half and the second half was goals for. It wasn't goals against. Mm-hmm. Gave up pretty much the same amount of goals against in the second half as you did in the first half, despite the struggles. And yeah, that's a, a lot of that goes to Carter Hutton for what he ended up doing. Uh, maybe that's different if Jake had been playing all those games when he was struggling. But I mean, that's we don't know that. What we do know is the goals against after Jaden Schwartz got hurt dried up completely. There, there just wasn't the depth. You had Blay and Thompson trying to find you. Look, look, you go back. You may, I think I might have even said this to you on your show. Uh, Tage Thompson, Sammy Blay, Dimitri Yashkin, Patrick Berglund, Vladimir Sabotka, Kyle Brodziak, Alex Steen, Ivan Barbashev, and I'm gonna. I said Sabotka, right? Yeah. I think I did. Okay, so there's eight guys. Okay. Yashkin was just put on waivers. Others are gone. Okay, and the only guy out of that group that even play in your top nine right now is Alexander Steen, maybe Sammy Blay, you know. And so when you're talking about how depth one year is very different from depth the next yeah. year, now you might have some ability to absorb an injury like like they had last year. Last year that that depth wasn't there, and so uh, it, look, Jake has to be better. He changed his routine a bit this summer. He tried to change things up. You know, you go back to the fact that he's going into his third year, and I think he's playing off the experience he has. And no way to know until he does it. I'm confident that I think Jake has the mental ability, and I have no doubt that he has the athleticism to be it. We just have to now go in and wait until we see it. Joey, what do you think on Jake Allen? Yeah, I think he's been. I think he's been terrific in the preseason. I think he's made the easy saves look easy. I think he's made those desperate saves, you know, to show his athleticism like he's done. I think he's been out of the net. I think he's been playing the puck well. I think he's reading and reacting the game very well from what I've seen. This preseason, I think the biggest thing for Jake this year is going to help him is, you know, we talk about all the time, but it's that depth. I mean, you watch Ryan O'Reilly in the defensive zone. You watch Tyler Bozak in the defensive zone. They take pride there and not a lot of centermen. Oh, I shouldn't say that, but there are a big group of centermen that have no interest in playing in their D zone. And you ask both those guys, they really thrive in it. They're two of the best two-way centermen in this league. Things like that, that's going to help Jake. And then you talk about the penalty kill, which was pretty good in Spurs last year. And overall, was pretty good. But the penalty kill is going to be good this year because you have O'Reilly and Bozak. And, and I think this decor is going to really help Jake Allen as well. These are six guys that are familiar with each other. They know each other. I think they have the Blues have probably the biggest presence on defense in the whole National Hockey League. I mean, Kerber and has mobile. this. And mobile. I mean, they move well. Yeah. They're big. They're lengthy. The Blues have a reputation. I've asked some guys around the league already about this. The Blues defense have a reputation that they're heavy and they're very, very difficult to play against. If they can get to that identity, which I think should be their identity this year as a team, 
If they can do that, all this stuff is going to help Jake kind of blossom in this role. We had a, ga- a preseason game where the defensive core was Pareko, Edmondson, Petrangelo, mm-hmm. Bolmeister, Bortuzzo, and Dunn. Pretty much you're starting six, mm-hmm. right? The shortest guy out there was Dunn at six feet. Everybody else, the next shortest guy, Petrangelo, at 6'3", right? Mm-hmm. And then the others were 6'4 and up. I mean, and and Jay, mm-hmm. uh, Bo Meester can still skate. Pareko can skate. Edmondson skating, I think, is an underrated part of his game, to be honest, whether he likes it. You know Bortuzzo likes to jump up into the play. And, and Dunn is a mobile guy. Now, Dunn hasn't had a very good camp uh, all in all. And, uh, and going into his sophomore year, I think you know, you're hoping that that doesn't translate into the regular season because they still have options with him. Mm-hmm. You know, So he needs to still bring his game. But there's there's familiarity with that defensive core. To, to Joey's point about O'Reilly and Bozak, O'Reilly was what about sixty percent on faceoff wins last year. Bozak was fifty three point eight, somewhere in that area. You just had, you just brought in two of the top faceoff guys, and we weren't very good in faceoffs last year. So if we can start with the puck on the power play, that's an extra twenty seconds of power play right there before having to yeah. go chase it down. If you can start the puck with on the penalty kill in a defensive zone and you're able to send it down the ice, that's less time in your own defensive zone. I think that will all play into a team game that's going to help Jake be even better. Joey, you experienced as a part of it uh, what what Pittsburgh did. And what was, what was it, like 17 years ago or so, where it looked like they were teetering on the brink in Pittsburgh, and then it they were became, almost going to move. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, they, it was, they, they, it was, were, they were set done. to go to Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah, it was right. done. Yeah. It was yeah. done. The Sprint Center, which still sits vacant for an NHL team. Mm. And then they have their run of success. And now, if you talk to people in Pittsburgh, and this surprised me, you would assume, at least I would assume, it's a Steelers town. But I'm told it's a Penguins town, which is is really saying something with the history of the Steelers. But it got going because they went on that run. Mm -hmm. You were up there. You experienced it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anytime, when when Chris was in here as our first Blues guest, and since Tom Stillman, Keith Kachuk, John Kelly, Kelly Chase, Darren Pang recently, Mm -hmm. I always ask the question, because I love hearing the answer, Mm What would it mean to this city? You never wore the note on the sweater, but now you're part of the organization. What would it mean to this city as a St. Louisan to actually experience that first Stanley? Oh, jeez. I mean, it would... The people here, the fans here, the kids here, I mean, everyone is just management, the whole organization. People are just so desperate for a championship. It's insane. I had sitting with uh, Bobby Plager uh, a couple nights ago at the Hall of Fame thing, and and he was telling me about his experience of playing in those cups and how close they got. And we've gotten close so much, but I think to bring a cup home here, I think I think it really could just revamp the entire city. I mean, you look at uh, the Chicago Blackhawks when they went on their runs, and like they put they put Chicago kind of on that map. And Chicago has done that for a while, but they kind of went vacant for a bit. Now yeah. they're back on that map, right? Uh, I think St. Louis could. In, in some ways, I don't, nothing against the Cardinals. I think it really could establish themselves as maybe more of a hockey town. And I know it's saying a lot, but I just I see the excitement. I see where this this game is going and how excited people are getting about it. And and to have this young group and this this exciting group to hit the ice and and to bring home a championship. God, it would just mean it would mean everything to me. It would mean everything to all my friends. I mean, it would be one heck of a party. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love asking the questions. I love hearing the answer. And that was one of the signature moments, I think, from from when we talked about it. And people remember that. I mean, that's what people, people think about it. You know, when I, when Panger was in here, he was going, you know, I think of I think of Bobby Plager. That's who he mm-hmm. thinks of immediately. Right. You know, that's mm-hmm. But just a lot of people think of alumni. 
uh, and for what that would would mean for for those guys, you know, to be part it's, of. Man, you can really just simplify it. It it's just a cool trophy. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it nobody. People talk about winning the World Series. They don't talk about winning the World Series trophy. People talk about winning the Super Bowl. But they really, even though it has a great name to one of the all-time greatest coaches in Lombardi, they don't talk about, well, we just can't wait to win the Lombardi trophy. All right? Okay? I don't even think they got a name for it in the NBA. Right? Does does their trophy have a name? You know? Thanks, Pete. I feel like you're the only one who could know this. Right? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that's kind of part of the point. But then, yeah. but then think of this. Okay, they win the in the World Series. You win the trophy, and they present the trophy to the owners and the general managers. Right. In the NFL, down on the field, they present the trophy to the owner. In the NBA, owners and general managers. In hockey, they don't talk about we won an NHL championship. We won the Stanley Cup. You know, they, they they won the trophy. They they won the cup. I mean, that, it's that's how it's talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cup isn't presented to the owners who paid for the team. It's not presented to the general managers who built the team, the coaches who coached the team. It's presented to the captain of the team and the players who won it. And it is really a cool thing about the sport of hockey where it comes down to the players that won it first get that trophy and it, it's just, I mean, so it makes it unique. On top of that, it's four seven-game series. It's physical series. When you talk to a guy like Grant Wistrom, who could be one of the coolest, greatest guys I've ever met, an absolute winner at every, you know, level, and he talked about just how hard it has to be would be to win a Stanley Cup, and this is a guy that's won Super Bowls, and, and how tough these guys are. You just put that all together. The groundswell, the fan base here, the great stories, the history, what Bobby and Noel and Jimmy Roberts and Phil Roberto and, you know, and, and Jacques Plant and all these guys did the early days of Bowman, the Solomons. You go through, you just roll through this fantastic history. The, again, it's, it, it's, it's Pompeii just ready to basically destroy civilization as we know it, <laughs> if, if that were to happen. And I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't think of any better way to finish it. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's pretty nice. That was poetry right there. Yeah, that was going to be like in a banner. You know hey. what? My history <laughs> teacher might have a tear in his eye right now. <laughs> that's got to be the Ford of your books. Oh, First time I'd ever use that yeah. one. Yeah, but I you love know, it, you know, to Kerber's point, uh, I mean, everyone saw Alex Ovechkin accept that trophy last year, yeah. and when I saw, I mean, I get goosebumps right now thinking yeah. about that excitement. He's like crying. He's yeah. so happy, and I told my wife, like, hey. I'm strapping them back on. I got to figure out how to get back on the ice. I mean, I was that excited. Yeah. You know, everyone, in the, you know, with hockey fans, like, how do I get back in the NHL? And kids are like, I'm going to go to the NHL. That's what I want to do. That was the excitement that he showed. And, yeah. and, and it was it was evident. Yeah. Everyone saw it. And that is the credit to how difficult yeah. it is. I mean, he's been playing league how many years? He finally gets a crack at it. I remember I made it to the conference finals once, and I go in the locker room game seven, and Dupuis and Cook and Crosby, they're all so dehydrated. They're getting hooked up to IVs. I mean, it is such a difficult thing to earn, and I think that's what what makes it so special. Yeah, it would be incredible to have it. Boys, I am so excited to have you guys on the call this year. Joey, thank you for coming in. Uh, Pleasure to meet you, and uh, thank you for being the honorary first return guest. You got it. On the snaps. (laughs) Snaps coming from your broadcast partner. Curves, Joey, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, Tim. Thank you, bud. Timmy, thanks, brother. Thank you.
So there it is. Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale here on the Tim McKernan Show, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies Online at evergreenstl.com from the homeloanexpert.com studios. Always enjoy your feedback, whether it be questions, whether it be criticism, suggestions. I love them all. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Always like the feedback. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Subscribe to the podcast. You get interviews every Sunday night, new interviews every Sunday night. You get questions from the audience every Wednesday, and you get pick six later in the week with our college and NFL uh, picks, me, Producer Joe, and G-Unit. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Thank you to Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at EvergreenSTL.com. James Carlton, online at CarltonInsurance.net. Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at DesignAirService.com. And then Salt and Smoke, online at SaltAndSmokeSTL.com. You know about their restaurants in U-City and South City on Hampton, but what about their catering service? SaltAndSmokeSTL.com. Let them cater your party. You'll be incredibly happy you did. They bring people to take care of it and just hang out take care of the guests. And that's what we did for our son's first birthday party. And now that we've done it, we wouldn't do it any other way. Salt and smoke STL.com and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at I-270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit or 24 seven at Landoff.com. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our guests, Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale. And thank you to the producers of this fine presentation, Iggy and gangster Pete and videographer, Nick Yale. I'm Tim McKernan. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.